We good up in this piece, man. What's what's happening, everybody? How's your how's your week been going? Hopefully, it's been productive. Hopefully, you've been out there making some monies, living your best life, taking care of yourself, all that jazz, right? All that jazz. Shout out to everybody in the building, Royce, Deanna, Money Making Mark. K business podcast. All right, so got to talk about something very important, ladies and gentlemen. Extremely important. All right, this is this is extremely important, especially to Black YouTube content creators. Right. So on what day? I want to say February 21st, there is a case going in front of the Supreme Court that could potentially change the landscape of social media. Now, I know some of y'all are probably like, what you talking about, Willis? Well, if you if you ever take your eyeballs off of black YouTube ignorance and ratchetness and go out there and look at some news and some other type of content, you might be in the loop with what's going on. But I believe February 21st is next week. There is a case that is in front of the Supreme Court of the United States that could potentially change social media. And what do I mean by change? That means that all these crazy rules that y'all think YouTube and other platforms implement on people with shadow bans and and YouTube isn't, you know, yeah, yeah, Negroes be out here talking about, I'm shadow banned, I'm shadow banned. Eh, Most niggas ain't shadow banned. It's just nobody's watching your channel. But, you know, y'all be complaining about being shadow banned. You be complaining about how YouTube be unsubscribing people from your channels. You be complaining about how come you ain't getting enough views and all this, all this, this, this mumbo jumbo. Well, guess what? That might actually become a reality for a lot of YouTubers out there, depending upon how this case is decided next week. And so you're like, what are you talking about? All right. So there's this law called Section 230, all right? I'm going to give you a quick rundown of Section 230 without getting into the legalese here because I'm not a lawyer. But Section 230 is part of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. All right, so this thing was drafted and put into law in 1996. Anybody remember what the internet was like in 1996? Back in 96, I think I still had AOL dial-up internet in my house. Like, there was no social media. There was no Facebook. There was no YouTube. There wasn't even MySpace. Black Planet didn't even exist. As a matter of fact, I think in 1996, I think uh, Yahoo or AOL chat rooms were just starting to come online And your boy G. Dizzle spent quite a few hours in them AOL chat rooms getting it in. If y'all think YouTube is something else, 
for those of y'all who missed the AOL chat room days, oh man, it was hella lit up in them things. Anybody remember this right here from the AOL chat rooms? You go into an AOL chat room, you would type this right here. Who remembers this? You would type ASL. Anybody remember ASL? <laughs> Anybody remember what ASL stands for? All my old heads, all you old niggas. Everybody likes to call us old niggas. All you old niggas. Yeah, ASL stands for age, sex, location. Every time you went into an AOL chat room and you want to figure out who you was talking to, you would type ASL stands for age, sex, location, because you want to know if you was talking to a dude or a girl and how old were they and what city were they located in? That was that was the that was the first thing you type when you bust up in there. And them AOL chat rooms used to be hella lit. I mean, you had your full blown racist white supremacist chat rooms going off. You had your full-blown pro-black chat room. I'm talking about niggas was, it was hella unrestricted. The only thing we didn't have was video. You would just hear people talking. Uh, some of the chat rooms had audio. And like I say, it was a lot of typing and texting and stuff like that. But it was hella lit back in them days. Like I said, I didn't really get involved into the AOL chat rooms probably until about 98 or something like that. But man, when I got up in there, I couldn't stay up out them damn things. <laughs> I was heavy up in them things. I, I was getting it in, man. But I was a youngin. I was like 17, 18 years old, man. But I still went outside and played, you know what I'm saying? Holler at the shorties and stuff. But, you know, that should have been an indicator of, of, of uh, what the future would look like, which is currently where we are today. But anyways, section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. All right. So in a nutshell, what this, I'm going to type it in the chat in case y'all want to look this up. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. 96 was a great year. I was 16 years old in 96. I had me some job. I had me a driver's license. I had some money. Uh, matter of fact, 96 was the year that the patented leather Jordans came out, right? The, the 11s. I remember we used to have off-campus lunch. We used to go to the mall down the street. Oh, we was lit back in them days. But anyways, Section 230 of the Communications De Decency Act of 1996. So what is this? Basically... <clears throat> Based off of my non-lawyer understanding, because I'm not a lawyer, my, my brother's about to graduate law school, so maybe I should ask him. But basically, this act removed legal responsibility from social from, from online platforms, right? This came out because obviously this was written before all the social medias that we are familiar with today existed. Like, like I say, 96. Facebook wasn't around, MySpace wasn't around, Black Planet wasn't around, YouTube wasn't around. None of this crap was around in 96. But this removed legal responsibility from these platforms for what contributors of the platforms or third parties were posting on the platforms, meaning that these companies were not serving as publishers, meaning you could put up a blog site or a website or whatever 
and allow random people to come in there and post content on the site <clears throat> as a content as, as a user generated content site and regardless of what people posted you you as the platform owner you wouldn't be held legally liable for the content that they put up on that website so let's just say somebody went on to my blog or something or they went on well youtube and they put up a video talking about go out there and and, and start smacking old ladies in the face and then some negro or somebody decides, hey, let me go outside and start smacking old ladies in the face. Well, guess what? My blog or YouTube, I wouldn't be legally responsible for it, meaning that the person who got smacked or victimized, they couldn't turn around and sue me, even though this platform, even though this video or this content existed on my platform because my platform is not serving in the function of a publisher. And you're like, what is a publisher? The publisher is uh, the New York Times, uh, the Daily Mail, you know, all these big major newspapers, right? When you pub, when, when, they, when, they, when they have an article written in those papers, they're called publishers for a reason. Those articles have to be sent to an editor, has to be reviewed for grammatical errors, uh, has to be reviewed to make sure all the information is correct. Because if they print some crazy stuff, that publisher, the, the newspaper, could potentially be sued. And we've seen this happen. And this, this, is, this is extended to television shows as well, like your cable news networks. Anybody remember, anybody know who Nick Sandman is? Anybody know who that is? Let me show you Nick Sandman in case you guys do not know who Nick Sandman is. Nick Sandman is a multimillionaire today, and he's only like 21 years old. But let me show you. you. You know the face when you see it. You might not know the name. <clears throat> Anybody remember this white kid right here with the Make America Great hat on? There was in Washington, D.C. And the news was talking about how all these white kids was harassing this Native American dude, right? They painted this kid out to be a villain. I'm talking about you had people on The View, on various cable news networks, talking about how he's a white supremacist, he's racist. He's this, this kid was like 17 years old in this picture. Now, the truth came out as to what happened. You're like, well, what was the truth? The truth was the kid, they were there on a field trip to Washington, D.C., minding their business, even though they had their Make America Great hats on. The Indian guy came up to the kids. But what you don't see in this picture is you got a whole bunch of pro-blacks out there. Um, what do you call those brothers that be yelling at people on the streets? Um, what do you call them? The, um, uh, what's their names, man? The, 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 damn it, I can't think of the pro-blacks. Y'all know the ones where you walk past, the white folks walk past and they start barking and yelling at them. What do you call them brothers? Somebody help me out in the chat. Anybody remember what the name of them, them dudes is? It's the, uh, what is the name of the people? I can't think of the name of them. But anyways, they were out there, right? Yeah, they, they, there it is. That's right. The, uh, the, uh, the Isra Hebrew Israelites, that's what it was. The Hebrew, Isra the Hebrew Israelites were also out there that day. And they were just saying all types of crazy stuff. To the white kids, right? Just, just, just being loud and belligerent like they stereotypically are. 
But when the media reported this, all you saw was this picture. You just saw what it looked like. If you didn't know any better, you would think that all these kids surrounded this Indian dude and they were taunting him, even though this kid never said nothing to this dude. What they didn't tell you was, is that the Indian guy, once you watch the full video, he walked up towards the white kid and was just playing his music. And the white kid was just there smiling and, you know, just smiling. He ain't, he ain't do nothing. He ain't say nothing. He ain't touch him. He ain't do nothing. But when, the, but when the media got a hold of this story, they was like, oh, these white supremacists, look at them. They're tr this, is, this is Trump's America. They were just going on this whole racist tirade. Well, what ended up happening as a result, your man's here, they had, he ended up developing this reputation at 17 years old as being labeled as a white supremacist. He re I seen him recently on the news story with Governor DeSantis, my governor down here in Florida. He was telling the story about how he was kind of blackballed from applying to colleges because of this news story. Like they had just trashed this kid's image. Anyways, he messed around, got him some lawyers on the team, some high paid lawyers. And they went and sued their butts. Where is that? Let me find it. Where is that? They went and sued their butts for like two hundred and seventy five million dollars or something like that. And he won. He won. He won a multi-million dollar lawsuit against cable television, in particular CNN. Because they was just all over the media trashing this dude. And all he did was wear a damn hat and smile. Like literally, that was all he did. And the reason why he was able to win this lawsuit is because CNN and all these various media outlets, they're considered publishers. This is why when Whoopi Goldberg was on The View making her comments about, about small hats, and then they kicked her off for like two weeks and then brought her back, and then she came back on there again saying the same thing and she got to keep apologizing, is because they're serving in the function of a publisher where they could be uh, potentially sued. This is why Don Lemon is on the verge of getting fired from CNN because they think he's a sexist because of some of the comments he's been making lately. They're, 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 held, they're, they're viewed as publishers. But social media, due to the, uh, due to the Decency Act of the Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 96, well, they're not held to that same standard. But that might change next week, right? And what really kicked all this off was Donald Trump. Before he was, uh, you know, before he lost the election, he had signed an executive order into office stating that these social media companies should not be held, that they need to be held as, they need to be uh, viewed as publishers because they are actively censoring conservative voices online. Now, I don't think that executive order actually went anywhere, but we all saw what took place after January 6th. Well, January 7th rolled around, Facebook and Twitter and all of them, they banned Trump from social media for, for two whole years from those platforms. So they were essentially acting in essence as a publisher because here's what I'm saying. If you're not a publisher and you're just serving as a, and like I say, this is based off of my non-legal understanding, but if you're not a publisher, 
then you shouldn't be out here editing stuff or acting as an editor, an editor for who can and can't speak on social media, who can get heard, who can get amplified, who can get banned, censored. But we all know this is what's going on on social media. Just two years ago, when uh, everybody was supposed to die because of because of the virus going around, if you made any type of video talking about the the jab, your channel was 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 likely to get demonetized and or deleted. If you was out here talking about the the election results, your channel was up for being terminated, deleted, or shadow banned, right? Because these companies even though they fall up under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act saying that they can't be held liable for the content that's put up there because they're not publishers, but they, still, but they are still acting as if they are publishers just by going around censoring people and editing people and, and, and uh, uh, not editing, but shadow banning people and banning people and all that crap. So anyways, there's a case currently in front of the Supreme Court that involves this Hispanic family, this couple right here, right? You're like, who is this? This is the, this is the Gonzalez family, y'all. This is the Gonzalez family, Beatrice Gonzalez and Jose Gonzalez. You're like, what the heck is going on here? Well, let me tell you what happened. Back, anybody remember the terrorist attack that took place in Paris back in 20, was it 2017 or something like that? Let me get the dates correct. Oh, back in 2015, there was a terrorist attack in Paris, France in 2015, where a bunch of Islamic terrorists went around shooting and stabbing people. Well, guess what? Their daughter was one of the victims of that event, and she unfortunately lost her life. She was in Paris on a, some type of you know, what do you call them? Learning abroad type of event. She was a college student in Paris, right? And she, she was victim. She, she was one of the victims in this event. And the parents is like, yo, my child is dead because somebody was uploading Islamic terrorist videos to YouTube back then, which inspired and motivated these people to become terrorists. And then they went out there and put angel wings on my daughter. So YouTube needs to be held liable for this crap is what they're saying. But YouTube is like, yeah, it's a student exchange. Thanks, Vic. But YouTube is like under two section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 96. We're not publishers. We can't, we can't be held liable for any of this. And all the lower courts agreed with YouTube. But they went all the way, took this thing all the way up to the Supreme Court. And now they got lawmakers from the Republican side who are arguing on their defense as well. And they're going to render a decision or they should render a decision next week as to whether or not social medias will fall up under this Section 230 Communications Decency Act of 1996, meaning that, no, you can be held liable for the content that people put on these websites because you guys are, have been acting as publishers. I mean, you kicked a sitting president off of social media, right? That is the ultimate form of acting as a publisher, right? You've been out here censoring conservative voices, 
every time somebody niggas got a talking code on social media for fear of being demonetized or having your channel terminated, meaning that these platforms are acting as as publishers, but they want the protections of not being labeled as a publisher. And this family's like, nah, B, the content that was uploaded to these sites inspired somebody to develop radical views and ended up causing our child to be killed. And there's another site with TikTok. There was this little challenge going around called the Blackout Challenge, where kids was on here strangling themselves to the point of blacking out. Well, one girl, went, it went too far, and she ended up dying, a little preteen girl. And I think her folks was trying to sue, to, sue, uh, sue TikTok. I don't know how far that case got, but they were saying that, hey, you guys allowed somebody to post this content and then y'all's out because, you know, everybody talks about the algorithm, right? The algorithm pushed this content to the eyeballs of our daughter. She ended up participating in this challenge and she's no longer here. And so now the parents, of they want TikTok held responsible. I don't know how far that's going to go because TikTok, to my knowledge, is a Chinese-owned company, so I don't know. But at least with this company, uh, at least with this family, these are American citizens. Their daughter is an American who was killed in Paris by some Islamic terrorists because somebody uploaded some, some radical videos and inspired somebody to get radicalized, and they went out there and acted on this, and they want YouTube held responsible. So now the Supreme Court is like, all right, well, we got to review this whole Section 230 thing, uh, the, the Communications Decency Act of 96, and if they get rid of this by next week, well, guess what? That might present some major problems for all of you Negroes in the black in black YouTube, not just the manosphere, but the beef sector, the gender war sector. You know, all you Negroes who want to constantly engage in this crazy rhetoric and content, it might potentially be some problems. And you're like, well, what would it, what would the problems be? All right. So let's let's think about this. Let's just say that they do remove the Section 230 Communications Decency Act of 96, right? Let's say they remove this. Now, YouTube is going to be viewed as a publisher. Well, what does that mean? That means that the powers that be that run YouTube, they are going to be heavily watching the content that comes on this platform, heavily scrutinizing it to see if who's talking crazy Who's saying what? And if you saying anything too wild and outlandish, we, we, we getting you up out of here because now we could potentially be sued for the crap you're uploading to our websites. And unless you know, you got all these the B dubs out here. Let's just take, you know, the infamous ones like Cynthia G and all of them. They're out here making videos every other day talking about black men are killing black women every five minutes or five hours or something like that. And then you mess around and you have a YouTuber. What was that black YouTuber that went and shot up the subway a few months ago? They call him Uncle Frank. What was his name? Let's look him up. YouTuber who shot up subway. What was that guy's name? Frank James. Anybody remember him? Anybody remember Frank James? Frank James was an avid listener of Kevin Samuels in the Black Manosphere, right? <laughs> like it, before his channel got deleted, you can go look at his channel subscriptions, and Kevin Samuels was one of them, and some other Black Manosphere people were one of them. So, what I'm saying is, 
somebody can make an argument saying that he may have been radicalized and now do the content he saw on YouTube. And now he wants to go out there and start trying to off people. And now if Section 230 uh, didn't didn't exist, YouTube could potentially be held liable for this dude's actions. All the people that he victimized on that subway. Tra- and I don't think anybody died, but e- even if somebody got shot or injured, they could turn around and sue the crap out of YouTube for even allowing this guy to make videos. So just think about all the people who make videos on YouTube right now, especially the brothers. And, and this applies to some of the women out there. But, you know, my my uh, black YouTube algorithm is more fine tuned towards hearing mostly black men content. So I know somebody's gonna be like, well, the B-dubs say this, too. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there are. But my algorithm isn't programmed to a lot of black female channel content creators. I, I just don't I just don't get them in my stream. And I'm not really subscribed to them like that. Right. But I am subscribed to a bunch of dudes. And we know how niggas be talking hella wreck all this catch a flight stuff. Catch a flight, catch a flight, meet me over here. We gonna do this, we gonna do that. Now, if if they remove section 230 and now they view YouTube and all these other platforms to where they view them as publishers, well, guess what? They're gonna have to have a quote unquote editor who's gonna have to, they're gonna find a way to, to really scan this content to see what's really going on. And if they have, and if they implement something like that, guess what? There might be a lot of channels getting sent up out of here, B. Or it's going to be a lot of channels that are going to get demonetized. So ain't going to be no more Super Chats and AdSense. You can't be flexing on niggas with $100 Super Chats. You know, you might be able to flex with them with a cash app, but we can't see the cash app. So niggas could be lying about that. I don't know. But niggas' money might dry up or at worst, your channel might be getting sent up out of here because of the crazy content that you're saying. That for that YouTube is like, I don't think I want to be held responsible for this. And if you don't think, if you think I'm BSing, go look at the video game sector, right? The video game sector of YouTube is going through this stuff right now. If you upload video games to YouTube, showing people you playing video games, you're playing like these, these fighting games that are real gory, like, like blood and guts and stuff all over the place. There is a bunch of those channels that are demonetized or they've been deleted from YouTube already. They like they've gotten rid of a lot of those channels already and demonetized them. So they're already doing this in certain sectors. So it's so if if they if this thing goes through and they overturn this and and listen, you got to remember the the uh, Supreme Court is uh have, is, is mostly, I think it's a conservative Supreme Court. Most of the Supreme Court justices are conservative, right? I mean, they already overturned Roe versus Wade at the federal level. <laughs> so what makes you think that they won't possibly try to overturn this right here to be in favor of uh, conservative voices having, 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 being able to be heard on, on social media because they see what's going on, Right. So if they overturn this and now YouTube has to be real particular about who can be on the platform and what can be said, because now they got to have editors, quote unquote, editors out here monitoring the content. It might be a lot of niggas in the manosphere or black YouTube in general who engage in the nonstop ignorance. Y'all could potentially be sent up out of here. Niggas might have to go get real jobs, B. You know what I'm saying? I mean, niggas had a good run. Niggas had a good five, six year strong run on YouTube, man. 
You know what I'm saying? You you seen niggas make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some niggas became millionaires. You seen niggas start off on this platform broke and dusty in their cars. And now every time they on camera, they, they, they got a cigar in front of your face. I mean, they, you seen niggas really come up on black YouTube. You seen some niggas really come up and make potential life changing money on YouTube. Right. What happens if all that goes away? What happens? Because like I said, it ain't just going to be YouTube. This is going to affect Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. This is going to affect all social media platforms. This ain't just for YouTube. This is going to affect everybody. You ain't going to be able to do this crap on anybody's platform because all it's going to take is for somebody to be like, uh, I am offended. Uh, this person was saying this rhetoric and and it caused and it caused uh, Frank James over here or another Frank James wannabe over here to do something to me. I'm going to go sue Facebook and YouTube. Y'all think Facebook and YouTube trying to be dealing with all these losses because of all this reckless, crazy shit niggas is talking online? Hell to the nah. They might just get rid of you niggas because they don't need you. You know what I'm saying? Like I told you before, the majority of, of black content creators in this... Like I told you before, I think out of all the black YouTubers, and these are YouTubers who talk about mostly black centric topics, whether it's relationship stuff, gender war stuff, which is relationship stuff, uh, passport bros, pro black babble, all this stuff. Right. I think it's only maybe like a grand total of maybe like 400, 500 max. Right. And all the chat, all the content creators, I think is. I don't have no way of proving this, but this is what I personally think, right? I think it's probably like at max 500 of us. Out of that 500, it's only like a handful that actually make real money, right? It's only a handful that actually make real. When I say real money, I'm talking about you can quit your job and do this full time. And all you need, and listen, and I know everybody thinks on YouTube, oh, you need to be making $100,000 a year to do it. No, you don't. You can make thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year off YouTube and do this full time, because I mean, what's a full time salary working at a regular job, paying fifteen twenty dollars an hour? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you make fifteen dollars an hour, you're making like thirty thousand dollars a year, or something like that. Well, if you can make thirty thousand dollars a year off YouTube, then you can do you can be a full time YouTuber. <laughs> See what I'm saying? It doesn't necessarily require you to make a hundred thousand plus dollars or be a six figure earner. Now you can you can be a full time YouTuber making thirty thousand dollars a year, but the point is it ain't even a bunch of people making that type of money. I'm not making that type of money. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, at most you'll see people probably pulling in a few G's a month if they're lucky, but that ain't the standard. The standard is most niggas is especially in this space be on here for like two three hours at a time. And they might they at, at most they might collect twenty dollars in super chats and or cash apps like like that's that's the standard out there that's the average niggas don't be really giving up money like that in this space right now female black content creators might be a little different it depends on how they look and how much how much um, cleavage they're willing to show and what their body looks like we all know Danica Marie uh, what's the light skinned chick uh, uh, the one last name is King whatever her name Melanie King and you know stuff like that you know they, they can stand and make some cheese because you know that they're, they're 
This is this is this is the poor man's version of OnlyFans, right? This is the poor man's version of OnlyFans, meaning they don't they don't want to be locked into a subscription of giving these chicks money every single month to look at them. They'll they'll throw the money whenever they they feel like throwing it over here, right? This this is the the alternate version of OnlyFans for them. They might be all right depending upon what they talk about, but if you on this platform and you just spearing pure ratchet ignorance. And your ignorance is spilling over into the real world that's possibly causing consequences. I mean, look at Andrew Tate, right? Andrew Tate is locked up in jail right now. They say he might be getting out at the end of this month. I don't know. Whether the charges are real or not, I really couldn't tell you. I haven't looked into the case beyond that. I just hear, I just gather bits and pieces. But what I do know is taking place. There are a bunch of people in the offline world, especially in these middle schools, who are saying that these kids are going around in middle schools repeating the stuff Andrew Tate says online, right? Like they're going around saying all, all the rhetoric that he spews or whatever, whether you agree with it or not, you have little kids out here saying it in the schools. And teachers are reporting this, parents are reporting this, and they don't like niggas like Andrew Tate. You know what I'm saying? So his rhetoric is actually crossing over offline into the real world and impacting people, right? So if your rhetoric, especially if you got some, some loose, reckless rhetoric, if that stuff is spilling over into the real world, and this is all you do on YouTube, you might, you might be having some problems out in these streets if, if YouTube loses their, their protections from Section 230 to where now YouTube could be legally liable for the crap that you upload to their sites. You might, you might potentially have some problems with your channel. You might potentially have some problems trying to become the next Kevin Samuels or Angry Man and living your wildest YouTube fantasies off of Super Chats. You might have to go get a real job, nigga. <laughs> you might have to go over to the Tech G channel and actually start learning IT so you can get a real skill to pay the bills because you ain't going to be able to make it in this black YouTube space if you think you're going to come on this platform and talk crazy on these streets all day and day, black women, that's black women that, uh, uh, what was the thing obsidian said one time about something about B dubs being in a puddle of their own blood. I mean, I know he, I, I know he's tried to explain what he meant by it, but still, you know, B dubs is out here talking about, we're double minorities, double and triple minorities. We're black, we're female, some of us are queer, some of us are LGBT, you know. <laughs> we're trying to be a protected group. Black men are killing black women every four or five hours. And now these black men are online talking about us all day long and they're inspiring people to go out there and commit harm against us. YouTube might, you know, YouTube loves to be dub. Social media loves to be dub, y'all. The B-dubs get up there and say anything about brothers. Anything about brothers. And don't nobody, they don't even blink an eye 99% of the time. But you get up there and put B-dub or black woman in your title, your video, you're not getting fully monetized. So you come on here and you start talking about the B-dubs ad nauseum. And one of these B-dubs can prove that you're out there harassing people or the results of your words has caused somebody to harass them. They turn around and be like, hey, YouTube, I'm finna start dropping lawsuits on your ass because you letting this Negro Kevin Samuels or Kevin Samuels 
adjacent, some nigga that wants to be like Kevin or some nigga that wants to be like Tommy Sotomayor. Um, speaking of that, you know who's trying to be the next Tommy Sotomayor? Dennis Sperling. Anybody notice that? He's like, he's like trying to become the next Tommy. If, if you like pay attention to his rhetoric and see what he does, it's like, uh, but anyways, that was just a little sidetrack. But anyways, this, this might actually start taking place, especially if YouTube can now be legally held liable for the crap that you upload to YouTube. And it's actually causing problems in the real world that can be proven or maybe not even proven. Just, just the mere fact that you've upset a certain group of people that society says shouldn't be upset and needs to be protected and loved and held and cherished at all times which one of those people is the beat up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This might, this might, n- niggas might have to start rethinking this whole YouTube thing, man. You know what I'm saying? Niggas might have to actually start listening to me like, man, let me go ahead and listen to what G Dizzle was talking about and start making some of this family-friendly advertiser evergreen content. You know, like his tech channel. Let me, let me, let me, let me revisit what AM1 was talking about with skills and resources. You know, they've been getting on AM1's ass about the skills and resources thing. Edward Anderson been going, uh, well, he ain't really been going in on AM1 per se, but there was this whole thing last week about it. But niggas is tired of AM1 coming around here talking about skills and resources. And AM1 is like, damn, y'all ain't got nothing else to talk about the B dubs. And then Edward Anderson is like, all I want to do is talk about the B dubs. You ain't going to police my content. All right, well, we're not. But YouTube might start policing your content now, nigga. To where they might be like, all right, listen, all you do is cry about B-dubs and, and, and all this crazy stuff. You got passport bros. You got niggas over here being accused of doing some crazy stuff down in Brazil, getting ran up out of Brazil by some feminists down there. YouTube might be like, you niggas is doing too much. You're crying about B-dubs. You're getting ran up out of foreign countries because you niggas can't control yourselves or at least that's the appearance that you're giving to people. Some of you niggas might have to go. What, what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all might have to go. So you won't have to worry about AM1 trying to police your content. YouTube might do it for them. You know what I'm saying? YouTube might be like, nah, your content is too much because now you're going to end up bankrupting this company over lawsuits and we can't have that so we might so we might have to get rid of all this negro nonsense right even the g dizzle channel might disappear you know what i'm saying they might look at me like ah yeah you are light-skinned and biracial but still nigga you're in you're 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 affiliated with this section (laughs) because you know that's part of the algorithm as well everybody talks about the algorithm um that's that's basically how a lot of us get discovered they talk about that in this article or one of these damn articles i was looking at Okay, I'm not going to read all this stuff to you, but one YouTuber, she, oh, right here. So this one chick, the story opens up talking about how this one girl, she was like a therapist in California. And back in 2011, when YouTube really was, YouTube was around in 2011, but nobody really took YouTube seriously back then, right? You would go to YouTube, you might see, uh, uh, you know, a random, it, it was filled with a bunch of cat videos and prank videos. Like, it wasn't booming like that, right? I think, I think, uh, who made YouTube popular with black folks? I want to say it was probably Soldier Boy. Man, y'all got to give Soldier Boy a lot of, listen, I don't care what none of y'all say. 
I'm gonna say it here. Soldier Boy is is probably he should go down as one of the greatest rappers in history, not because of his rap abilities. So let me put that out there first. Soldier Boy should be listed as one of the greatest rappers in history, not because of his rapping ability, but because of how he used the internet to push rap music or music in general to where it currently is. He used, um, what was that program back in it? Napster or LimeWire, where he used to spam people. You're like, you think you downloading 50 cents in the club. Next thing you know, you download and you, you get your song and you're like, next thing you hear is you. He's like, what the hell is this? He was doing that. He was heavy. He was into that early. And then I think he was also one of the first rappers to come to YouTube and start putting videos up here. So Soldier Boy has to be listed as one of the greatest in terms of pioneering the... Um, the uh the craft to where it currently is to where everybody's on social media now right rappers musicians they all got channels now you got to give soldier boy his props but anyways there was a youtuber out there she said she was posting videos back in 2011 um anyways her channel's grown over to 1.2 million subs since then but she said it was like a slow growth like nobody was watching her crap but what happened was she started picking up steam when um YouTube implemented this content recommendation thing. So you watch one video. So basically how that works is you guys go watch a video. You watch a G Dizzle video. Well, in your recommendations, you're probably going to see an AM1 video, a Reg the Bad Guy video, a Sub-Zero video, an Obsidian, you know, all the channels that I watch, all the channels that are, whose topics are linked to mine and my audience watches their videos, they're probably going to populate in your stream because YouTube is like, well, if you like this G Dizzle video, you're probably going to like this video over here and go watch this. And so that's how a lot of people get discovered on YouTube. That's how my tech channel has grown to 12,000 subscribers because of recommendations of people watching other people's stuff. Um, in particular, one particular YouTuber in particular that they watch whose, whose channel is like six, 700,000 subscribers strong. They discover him. And then they discover me because of him. And then a lot of them come over here and, and, and fucks with your boy because they're like, man, you're way. As a matter of fact, I just did a consultation. I did two consultations earlier today. One of them, she watches G Dizzle. She knew about G Dizzle first, and then she, you know, became a fan of Tech G. Another one, she uh, she start, she found that other guy first, and then she discovered me. It's a black woman. And then we was talking. She was like, I just relate to you more. You know I'm saying I got the relatability factor, especially with black folks, right? But anyway, that's a whole other story. But anyways, a lot of us get discovered that way, right? Content being recommended. Well, guess what? That's what happened to their daughter. The person that killed their daughter was recommended content from YouTube. Oh, here's another thing about this content that I, I'm not sure if this is in the actual lawsuit. They were, they were running ads on those videos back in the day with the crazy terrorists. And so you know what happens when you run ads? Well, we get, uh, what's the split? We get 55% of the revenue. And YouTube takes 45. So YouTube may have been directly sponsoring terrorism because they were running ads on those terrorist videos and which means they probably which means if, if you got AdSense running 
you got to have an AdSense account set up and you got to link a bank account to it. Every 21st of every month, you know, Habib over there running around with his damn AK-47, you know, might have been getting a little change put in his pocket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But their daughter became a victim because somebody was watching them videos that was recommended to this person and it influenced him, radicalized him. Same way it radicalized your boy uh, Frank, uh, Frank James over here. You remember watching his video, Frank James was going hella hard, talking about all oh, the B-dubs and society and this, that, and the third. And like I said, you go look at, before his channel was taken down, you could see all the channels he was subscribed to. And a lot of them were black manosphere, black YouTubers. Now he was listening to all this stuff. So what if somebody, so what if somebody comes back and say, I'm a victim of Frank James because Frank James was inspired by a Kevin Samuels video? Well, what are they gonna do? Let's see. Let's is Kevin, let's go look at Kevin Samuels video. Remember, Kevin Samuels is the greatest thing to ever hit black YouTube, right? Rest in peace to the Godfather, man. It's been it's been March, uh, May fifth will be a whole year. Remember, he died Cinco de Mayo. He died on Cinco de Mayo, so Cinco de Mayo will forever be linked to Kevin Samuels. In case y'all are wondering what day he died, Cinco de Mayo. So when you're out there eating a taco, you know, put put a pour out a little Corona for Kevin because that's the day he got sent up out of here. But what if? After they, let's just say they get rid of Section 230 and then they, they come back and they review Kevin Samuels because you got a whole bunch of B-dubs and people out there talking about Kevin Samuels inspired. I'm, I'm just throwing out a what if. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out. What if they come back and be like, oh, we got to get rid of this channel? Because remember, remember all the, all the people that were celebrating when he died? I'm talking about all them, them, them hens on Fox Soul, uh, Vivica Fox. I'm glad Kevin is up out of here. Remember all them other B-dubs who were cheering and celebrating that, that this man died because they felt like his rhetoric was caught. I mean, they were, they, they were literally saying this. They felt like his rhetoric was causing harm to black women. I, and Vivica Fox said it. Uh, some of your popular black female YouTubers were saying it. They were literally saying this out of their mouths. His rhetoric was causing harm to black women. So what if they get rid of Section 230? Now, YouTube is held liable as a publisher, right? YouTube is held liable as a publisher. And then B-dubs or whoever come back and be like, Kevin Samuels inspired and yada, yada, yada. They might get rid of this channel. And then what happens to all the Because you know this channel is still making money. People are still watching these videos. People are still watching these videos. You got people downloading them and re-uploading them and they're making money. But people are still watching his videos. Well, if they get rid of his channel, his mama, I think he got a daughter or something like that, them YouTube checks finna disappear. Them YouTube checks is getting sent up out of here, B. Let's go to let's go see how much money's Kevin Samuels is making. Let's see if that channel still look at this. Look at this. This is his this is his uh, social blade. He's still doing damn near 200,000 views a day, right? His channel's still growing. 
his channel still pulling in probably a hundred, probably ten thousand dollars a month, and he been dead almost a year. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, though, hopefully his family got access to the money that's coming in. This channel probably still doing five to ten thousand dollars a month easily, just off of people just going back and watching the videos. Well, what if YouTube is like, nah, B, because Vivica Fox said you're a threat. All these other random B-dubs say you're a threat. Now we got to get rid of this channel because now we could be held liable for the crap that was said on it. All this money going bye-bye. You know what I'm saying? Super Chats, is, you know, niggas out here on this crazy stuff. Super Chats might start evaporating. I'm just saying, I'm just saying this, this is stuff that could potentially happen. If uh, Section 230, let me find it. Let me put it back on the screen again. What I say? Section 230 of the Decency Act of 1996. I think I lost. I want to pull. Let me let me just retype it. I mean, y'all can go look this up yourself. I'm not I'm not making this crap up. Section 230, the Communications Decency Act of 1996. Yeah, y'all go look this up yourselves. Like I say, this act that was signed in 96 protects websites that have a bunch of user-generated content. User-generated content could be like message boards, uh, people posting pictures on Instagram, people uploading videos to YouTube, stuff like that. User-generated content. It protects those websites from being listed as viewed as a publisher, right? Which means that they can't be held legally liable for the content that people upload to their sites, right? Newspapers can be held legally liable because they're publishers. CNN, Fox, MSNBC, they can be held legally liable, which they were because they're publishers. This kid right here, Nick Sandman, he sued CNN and some other companies and he won uh, uh, I think a lawsuit damn near 200 million dollar lawsuit because of how they smeared and and just you know desecrated his name and image off of uh, telling a narrative that wasn't true they made it seem like he was harassing this Indian dude with his make America great hat had make America his MAGA hat on but they didn't tell you that the Indian guy approached him and he was just standing there smiling, not saying nothing. He, like, he, he, like he didn't do anything. Once you go look at the full video. And, he, and like I said, he messed around and sued these companies to the tune of like $200 million and won. And he's only, let me see, this happened when he was like a senior in high school. I think he's like 20 years old now, 21. You know what I'm saying? Oh, here it is right here. So he filed a $250 million lawsuit, right? Like I said, I think he won like $200 million or something like that. Y'all go look it up. Oh, right here. Washington Post settles $250 million suit for Covington team Nick Sandman. All right? $250 million. Make it bigger so y'all can see. All right? I guess that didn't help. But anyway, because they're publishers. 
Well, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're going to leave TikTok out of it because TikTok is a Chinese-owned company. But um, all the American social media companies, I should say, they're protected by Section 230, meaning you upload some crazy crap and whatever crazy crap that causes people to go out there and do some crazy stuff in the real world, well, you can't hold YouTube, Facebook accountable because Section 230 says that they're not publishers, but they've been acting as publishers. Queen just mentioned Alex Jones, right? We all know what happened with him. He got kicked off every social media platform in, in one day. Twitter, iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, they kicked him all, all in one day. I think Amazon got rid of him too. I think they took his, uh, his website off their servers. Well, if you do that, then you're acting like a publisher now because you're going through curating content. You're editing content. You're deciding what can and can't come up on there. Right? That's what you're doing. You're acting like a publisher now. So if you're acting like a publisher, then you can't be, uh, you can't, be, you, you shouldn't be protected by Section 230. All right? Like I told you earlier, you talk about the election, the presidential election results a couple years ago. Niggas was getting shadow banned and demonetized left and right. You talk, you said anything wrong about the jab that wasn't of the popular opinion when the jab first got, when it first started rolling out, they was, they was deleting channels and demonetizing people all over the place. They were putting little warnings on your videos, all type of stuff, right? Talking about fact checkers were all over. I mean, this was happening just two, two, three years ago. It's still happening now. So they're acting like publishers, but currently they can't be held liable like a publisher can, even though they're doing publisher duties. Well, come next week, that might all change because this family took them to the Supreme Court because their daughter was killed by some dude who got radicalized off of some Islamic terrorist video that was uploaded to YouTube. And now they're trying to they're like, nah, YouTube, you need to be held liable for this crap. And so if that changes and they get rid of Section 230, well, that means YouTube is going to officially be a publisher, which means that they can be held liable for the content that people upload to the site. And so if you're uploading reckless, crazy, dangerous rhetoric and dangerous is subjective, because it might not be dangerous and reckless to one group of people over here, but another group of people over here might think it's reckless and dangerous. Well, depending upon who that group of people is, especially if it's the B-dub, and all you do is talk about the B-dub all day and, and just, just trash and, and ride them till the wheels fall off, well, YouTube might be like, hey, nah, we ain't having that. You might, your, your channel might get sent up out of here. Or if they don't, they might let you put it up, but you just can't make no money off of it. <clears throat> you will have to rely heavily upon Cash App. <laughs> Ain't going to be no more flexing and stunting on people with Super Chats. You know what I'm saying? So this might impact Black YouTube. 
And this is why I've been telling y'all ever since the new year started, y'all might, <clears throat> for those of y'all who are content creators <clears throat> or you want to be a content creator and you want to make some money off the YouTubes, you might, it's probably in your best interest to go the advertiser friendly way, the AM1 skills and resources way, creating a channel, showing off your hobbies, showing off your knowledge and whatever it is that you know a lot about or you're good at. Because those channels are pretty much safe. The how-to channels, how to do this, how to fix this, the educational channels like the Tech G channel and various other educational channels, we ain't got nothing to worry about because we ain't uploading nothing crazy. Now, the G Dizzle channel might have, you know, have, might have to worry, but the G Dizzle channel don't even make no real money to begin with, right? But the Tech G channel is good because I upload educational content on there. That's all I upload. I don't curse. I don't say anything crazy over there. It, it, I mean, I, my, my, your six-year-old child could watch my channel without you having to peep over the shoulders to see if I'm going to say something crazy. My channel is 100% PG. Hell, it ain't even PG. It's G, just, just general. <laughs> That's why I'm going to tell y'all, you might want to create other channels because black YouTube is not profitable. Yes, you got your onesies and twosies. But they're not the standard. The standard is people's channels looking like mine's for the most part. Whether you got six, seven thousand, ten thousand subs, but you ain't really clocking no money like that. Because I guarantee, one, I know you ain't making no money because the the CPM rates for this type of content is low. Like the CPM rates on G, if you guys know what CPM means, that stands for cost per mill. Basically, this is how much money advertisers are willing to pay for every thousand views you get. The CPM rate over here is like eight, nine dollars. So if it's like that on my channel, I know it's like that on everybody else's channel in the black YouTube sector. I know it's like that because it's like that on mine. Every time I post a video on G Dizzle, I have to go in there and request for somebody to review the video because it's automatically uh, hit with the yellow dollar sign, which means it's not fully monetized every time. I, I don't even have, I could put up a video of, of kittens playing with a ball of yarn. That video will not be monetized out the gate because it's on this channel. And this channel has a certain reputation in the black, in the YouTube algorithm. Right. But if I take that same, but I can go to the tech G channel. Every video I post over there is fully monetized out the gate before the video even finishes processing. Every single one. I don't have one demonetized video over there. Every single one. Because it's all 100% advertiser friendly, educational content. I don't curse. I don't post crazy stuff over there. It is strictly professional like a mug over there for the most part. And it also makes me all of my YouTube money, which is, I ain't going to tell you how much I make, but we're, we're into, uh, it's pretty significant. <laughs> it's not enough to retire me from my job, but it could potentially get there. If, if I put more effort into it, it, it could potentially get me there. Like realistically, potentially get me there. But 
this is why I've been telling y'all, this is what y'all need to do. Have your little happy hour ratchet channel that you know ain't really going to pop off and make you a bunch of money. You'll collect a couple of dollars here and there. But if you're really serious about this content creation thing, you want to make some money. Like I say, this, like I say, this whole Section 230 thing isn't going to kill YouTube. It's just going to probably get rid of all the, the unfavorable stuff that advertisers, you know, the big money, the advertisers that are spending big money on YouTube. I'll put it like that. It's probably going to make YouTube look at all these other channels and be like, why are we wasting money on them? Right now, what well, now what might happen? Well, it's, it's happening now. YouTube will probably still run ads on your video, but you're just not going to get any of the money. Because they still because, you know, they're still in there's still advertisers who will pay lower CPMs to run on some ratchet channels. So they'll probably run that because they still got bills to pay. They still got YouTube engineers to pay and all that crap, but you're not going to get any of the money. All right. But all the big YouTube, all the big advertisers who spend the big bucks where chant like my tech G channel averages like $30 for CPMs. Like, like literally that's what it, that's what it averages. $30 for the CPM rate is like $30 on my other channel. Right. Well, channels like that, hobby channels, skills and resource channels, positive, you know, happy-go-lucky family channels, you know, stuff like that, they'll be all right. It's just these other channels, especially, you know, a lot of those in the black YouTube space that like to talk all this, this ratchet stuff when niggas is talking about catching flights and meet me outside at the playground at 3 o'clock type of stuff and B-dubs ain't this, the B-dub. And I keep saying the B-dub because I know some of y'all are like, well, what about the B-dubs who say something about the BMs? Well, you don't know how social media works, nigga. B-dubs are like the most protected class of women next to the trans gentlemen's on social media. They can say whatever they want on any platform about anybody except for the, for the trans gentlemen. They can't say nothing about them. But outside of that, they can, and the small hats, outside of them two groups, the B-dubs is, is the most protected group on YouTube. They can say whatever they want, especially about black men. And ain't nobody going to say nothing. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. <clears throat> but you mess around and you start going too, too, too hard on them to where you start into where they feel like they're being threatened <laughs> because, you're, because you got niggas outside actually repeating this red this, this this red pill content in real life you know what i'm saying like you got niggas going on dates talking about what's your dress size like nigga what <laughs> are y'all sitting down at the damn dinner table waiting on your damn bread and water and niggas over here talking about what's your dress size you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know all the classic rhetoric like Chicks will be like, uh, no, he was inspired by Kevin and Obsidian and 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 Minister Jap and J Minister Jap is calling us German shepherds. And every time I walk outside and I see a German shepherd dog, I get I get PTSD. <laughs> Minister Jap did that to me. As you know, niggas channel's getting sent up out of here, B. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't be surprised if it happens. I, now, is it gonna happen? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm just telling you what could put I'm just telling you if listen, just think about this. Just think about if you own YouTube. 
All right, let's just say Queen of the South, a money making Mark, a Rick, or whoever you own YouTube. You got everybody and their mama uploading videos all day long. Your challenge is booming. Your, I mean, your, your website is booming. But now you can be sued off of what I put on YouTube. I get on YouTube and I say, F this, F that, do this, do that. B-dubs ain't this, small hats ain't that, trans gentlemen's ain't yada, yada, yada. And then somebody listen to my crap and they go outside and they start repeating my stuff verbatim. And now people start getting it all in their feels. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now they out here on TikTok talking about I feel violated and threatened and my, my self-esteem is low and I got to go see a therapist and now they're over here just dropping frivolous lawsuits on YouTube. You let this content creator upload this stuff, queen. I'm coming at because they're going to go after you. They ain't going to go after the content creator. The content creator ain't got no money. Ain't no niggas in the ministry ain't got no money. But YouTube got all the pot. They, they, they pockets is hella deep. They're going to go after them. So you own the site. What you going to do? You going to let you going to let people just keep uploading content that's causing people to keep dropping lawsuits on you? Or are you going to go through and start clipping people's channels? Like, nah, get this nigga up out of here. You got to go. Any, anybody like him got to go. You up out of here. You up out of here. I ain't even do nothing. I don't care. You in the same algorithm. Get, the, get this nigga up out of here. We don't even want to run the risk. You got to go. <laughs> that, that's what might happen. That's what I would do if I own the site and now I'm open to litigation because of something you uploaded, because I'm not protected anymore. I'm going to have to start clipping channels, B. It's just going to be educational content and, and kitten videos all over YouTube. <laughs> <sighs> but then y'all going to be like, well, I'll just go to Rumble. Now, nah, Rumble is, is going to fall victim to the same crap. Because this ain't just affecting YouTube. This is going to affect all social. You ain't going to have nowhere to go. Unless you create your own platform. And then you'll be directly held responsible if you say anything crazy. <laughs> so where are you going to go? You ain't going to have nowhere to run. Can't go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Rumble. They're all going to be under the same. They're all going to be, you know, they get rid of this. This affects everybody, all platforms. You know what I'm saying? But like I say, if you own the site, and you just got lawsuits galore just coming at you. It's like, well, man, instead of dealing with this, let's just get rid of all these niggas over here. All, everybody who says the word, I, I, they're probably going to put the algorithm together. If, if I hear the word strag or, or daggle, <laughs> shadow ban all them channels. And then we'll review them later, and then we'll go through and start picking them off. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to see no more channels getting recommended in the recommended feed, which helps build your audience. Your channel, I mean, you're going to get you're going to get pushed down into the algorithm. That whole recommendation thing might go away now. And once that happens, guess what? The money dries up, the AdSense, the super chats, subscriber supremacy goes away. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Now, you, now you're going to have to go out there and get a real job, nigga. You're going to have to go out there and learn some real skills and resources. 
that might be a good thing for me because now more niggas might venture over to the Tech G channel and sign up and, and get certified out in these streets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get you niggas some jobs. <laughs> so so y'all could be at work listening to Black YouTube like I'm listening, like I'm at work listening to it, which is why I'm always in the comments because nigga, I'm at work. I can't be on a panel at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Nigga, I'm working. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm at I'm at the job. Might be a whole lot of y'all at the job too. I'm just saying that that's a possibility. I don't know. Anyway, so I just want to share that with y'all, man. Um, like I say, y'all go look this up on your own. It's supposed to uh, happen. They're supposed to make. They might be making a decision on it next week on the 21st. So, like I say, if they get rid of this act, if y'all thought Adpocalypse was bad back in 2017 where PewDiePie messed, messed up the money for all of us on YouTube for about two or three months in a row. Because I got demonetized during that time. When PewDiePie was out there playing that video game and he said the N-word, YouTube dropped the hammer. YouTube demonetized my other channel. YouTube demonetized my channel for like three months, man. I wasn't making nothing to begin with in the first place worth bragging about. But the little pennies that I did have coming in, they cut that off. I had to reapply for the whole program again. Had to go through and scrub my channel, get rid of crap. I was like, damn. And then PewDiePie did it. Then what was that other? What's that white dude's name? Logan Paul, whatever his name is. Paul Logan, Logan Paul. He went to that, that forest in Japan where the Japanese are known for uh, offing themselves up in there. And he, he actually showed on camera somebody who had offed themselves. He messed the money up again. I was like, man. Well, Anyways, if y'all thought that was bad, Section 230, this might be the, uh, the nuclear bomb right here. Because now YouTube can be sued for the crap you post if they get rid of this. And YouTube is probably trying to stay in business. They're the uh, number one video, video sharing platform in the world, I believe. I don't know if TikTok surpassed them or not. I think they're trying to stay in business, man. And if they become listed as publishers that could be legally liable for the crap you say, I think they might start going through these channels and just be like, eh, I don't think we really need this on the platform. You had a good run, nigga. You had a good run, but now it's time for you to go back to the Coca-Cola plant and start, start bottling up sodas, man. <laughs> it's time for you to go get that job at the... At the, at the post office, you know what I'm saying? Start, start delivering mail around here. You know what I mean? Time for you to do something else, B. You're going to see niggas starting fitness channels around here. Angry fitness. <laughs> niggas going to be having educational channels and stuff. I'm going to teach y'all how to count one, two, three. We're going to learn our ABCs and one, two, threes and hooked on phonics over here. you be like, damn, nigga. You're going to see that coming down the pipe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna have fitness channels. Niggas teaching you how to get your GED. <laughs> ah. it's gonna be all yeah, reading rainbow channels. Niggas gonna be on there. The cat in the hat, Sam I am, green eggs and ham. Like, what is this? This is this is 
This is angry story time. <laughs> Come read a book with the old man with the cane. You know what I'm saying? Things might start changing, B. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I'm about to go. So that's all I want to share with you all. We'll see, man. We'll see what happens next week, man. Now, if, let's just say it does happen next week. Is it going to like immediately go into effect? I don't know. It'll probably be like a slow roll. I don't know. We'll see. But like I say, the big thing is if they get rid of this Section 230 thing, which is what Trump was trying to do, well, that could that's going to potentially cause a lot of problems, especially if you produce what could be viewed as controversial content. Right? It's gonna it could potentially cause some uh, it might cause some headaches in your life, is what I'm saying. That's why you need to expand your brand. Yeah, look, yeah, I mean, yeah, that'll be that'll be I guess cool if he if he created like a cigar channel because you know he's known for having cigars and he's. He's supposed to be this cigar connoisseur. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be a look. When I, when I tell people to create a in uh, a secondary channel, it ain't got to be an educational channel. It could be a channel on anything, just something that is not controversial. Like I told you, there's a YouTuber that I follow, or I'm not sure if I follow him, but I've seen some of his videos. He um, let me see, let me find it. He got like seven, eight hundred thousand subscribers. Let me see. Uh, splitting. I mean, let me just show you how silly this. Well, I don't know. How, okay, this this guy right here. His name is Rose Anvil, right? Let me see. Rose Anvil. YouTube, the count gets you in shape. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this guy named Rose Anvil, right? Rose Anvil. Let me tell you why. Rose Anvil, all he does is take shoes and cut them in half. He'll take a pair of Jordans and, and split them down the middle just so you can see what the inside of a pair of Jordans look like. He'll take a pair of clock because, you know, Jordans are some of my favorite shoes. My next favorite pair of shoes are Clark Wallabies. I'm a huge Clark Wallaby fan. He splits Clark Wallabies in half. Brand new shoes, fresh out the box. He'll take a knife and cut them joints in half just so you can see what the inside of the shoe looks like. Jordan 1, I got, I got quite a few Jordan 1s in my house right now. And, and it pisses me off. I'm like, man, that's a perfectly good pair of shoes, B. Why, like, why would you do that? I don't care what the inside looks like. Anyways, he got 729,000 subs. His videos be getting 26, 59, 77. Like, he's doing crazy numbers on these videos. I highly doubt he's going, he's worried about YouTube messing with his channel. I highly doubt it because he ain't on there cursing. He just cutting shoes in half. Something stupid like that. Don't don't pull. He he probably pulling in. Let's go. Let's go spy on his channel. Let's just see. Let's get a let's get a uh, an estimate of how much money he probably pulling in. Right here. 
these numbers are highly un inaccurate, all right? So whatever you see here, just multiply that number by about three or four. But let's just go with the numbers here. He's probably doing $16,000 a month just cutting shoes in half, y'all. That's it. That's what I'm saying. So you can make an alternate channel. It ain't got to be on some educational, arty, smarty stuff like my, my other channel. It could be on just whatever. Whatever you, man, this is this is black chick I'm sub to. Let me see. I've been subbed to her since she had like ten thousand subscribers. She uh, she had like at 90,000 subs. What is what is it? Uh, what is it? Uh, something. What is it? Screen. Thing with Yolanda. I think that's her name. Oh, crafting with Delanda. This black woman right here. I'm subbed to her. She got 85,000 subs, right? I've been subbed to her since she had probably like 10,000 subs. I don't even remember how I found her. I just sat down. Oh, yeah, I, I do know how. Because I was looking for her. I was, just, I, was just, I was just randomly watching videos about how to, how to um, put designs on T-shirts. Because <clears throat> I, I was trying to, you know, get my son, my oldest son. He was talking about how he wanted to make T-shirts start like a little t-shirt business so i was out here researching the whole t-shirt creation process and i came across her channel and i you know i just decided, i just decided to subscribe to her you know because i you know she had a you know a nice presentation you know what i'm saying like how she explained the stuff i, I, I give her a sub anyways I, I found her last summer like last summer she had like ten thousand subs fast forward to the present day she's like eighty five thousand subscribers man and all she does is these videos on how to make T-shirts, how to put designs on bags and mugs and unboxing this and unboxing that. You know what I'm saying? She had one video with her husband in it, and she was, like, teaching her husband how to do the stuff. It was actually kind of funny watching her husband do it. But, you know, this is cool. She ain't, she ain't worried about YouTube messing with her money. She ain't worried about the, uh, you know what I'm saying, the, the new rule changes because her content is something that a child could watch and they probably are watching it. It's safe, advertiser-friendly content. You know, all she's doing is, hey, this how you this how you make a t-shirt. But, you know, shout out to Delonda, man. I, I mess, I like her channel, man. I fucks with it. Heavy. I watch a lot of her videos. I don't, I don't have any plans of bedazzling a shirt or any of this stuff. Matter of fact, I think I put my wife on her channel because you know I was like, hey, you should, you should watch this woman's channel because my wife, she's into this whole like my wife will take a pair of Crocs and she'll she'll put like all the uh, the rhinestones and, and bedazzle the Crocs out and man, my, my wife her, her skills with that are like I've been trying to get her to start like a little side business or something doing that, but you know we, we ain't got there yet with my wife. I'm still still working on convincing her, but you know, I'm trying to get my wife to you know. Put my, I put my wife onto this channel so my wife can get some ideas, man. I, I think the channel's legit. This woman's like, she knows her crap. If you're into this type of stuff, it's legit. And plus, it's, it's a black person. You know what I'm saying? Most of the most of the channels that I've seen that are like this, you know, you know, when I first started looking at this stuff years ago, it was like mostly white folks. And I see more and more black folks getting into it, and that's cool. But I, I, I fucks with Delanda's channel. She's, a, she's strict. She's legit, though. Yeah, um, filming true crime. Uh, I guess I'm not. 
I guess as long as you're not showing any craziness in there, I don't think you would have anything to worry about. Channels that run up numbers and subs doing the most random stuff. I watch channels of butchers breaking down sides of beef too. YouTube has so many. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can create a channel about anything and there is like, there's a chance that there's an audience that will watch it just because just just they want to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so many things you can do that doesn't involve you making, trying, trying to make, make a living off a of ratchet content. Like, like I'm saying, you can have your ratchet happy hour channel, but just, just be realistic. Like, yo, it's probably not going to blow up and make you any real significant money. You, you'll probably make enough to fill up a gas tank each month for most of us. But if you create another channel that's not in the algorithm, that's in a totally separate algorithm, and it's on some hobby stuff, some how-to stuff, some educational stuff, some safe advertiser-friendly stuff, you know what I'm saying? You put in some some decent work growing that thing, man. You could put you you can potentially make a lot of money off that. You mess around and get it monetized, you can make a lot of cheese off that. Because it's because it's, it's been proven by so many other channels that are currently doing it. And plus, like I say, those channels, like you like Delanda over here. Let me put her back on the screen. Delanda, I highly doubt. I highly doubt anybody's watching Delanda's channel and getting motivated to go out there and cause harm to people. <laughs> I highly doubt that's taking place. So YouTube come across her channel. They're going to see crafting with Delanda, how to make a large print, how to do a sublimation, how to use rhinestones. They're going to look at the, they're going to look at the screens, uh, the thumbnails and be like, Oh, she good. We ain't got nothing to worry about with her. She good money out in these streets. Right. She over here teaching people how to do arts and crafts. They're going to come across Tech G. They're going to see my big banner, Tech Search, Tech Jobs, Tech News, Tech Talk. They're going to look at, oh, he's teaching people about IT certifications, and he's talking all this, this techie crap. Oh, he good money over here. He good. Yeah, all right. They're going to come across somebody else's channel in the Manosphere or Black YouTube in general, and they over here talking some some German Shepherd talk, <laughs> some PI talk. You know what I'm saying? They'll be like, ah, we might have to get, we might have to get these niggas up out of here. Because now we might mess around and get sued off the crap they're talking about. You know what I mean? Just saying. I found this woman, Miss Pam, who literally has an old school solution for everything in the kitchen. She makes everything, uh, including homemade for, wow, Febreze, Cooking at Pam's page. Let me look this channel up. Cooking at Pam's place. Cooking at Pam. Here we go. Let's look at cooking at, oh, so let's see. Let me put it on screen. What up, Citizen Lou? Black YouTube might be over with next week, Citizen Lou. Well, I'm trying, I'm trying to, listen, I've been telling niggas a, to create channels that are not black content. It's not black content. Oh, she, oh, she, oh, okay. She over here whipping it up, huh? Yeah, she reminds me of this other channel. There's this one black lady I'm sub to that has a cooking channel, uh, Cooking with Gina or something like that. Cooking with Gina got like 900,000 subscribers, some, some crazy number. She be in there getting it in. But yeah, I was telling them, Citizen Lou, 
that uh it might be over with for niggas in, in uh in, in the black manosphere space, man. Because of this new rule that came out, or that's about to be ruled on. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996 is uh gonna might potentially be ruled on on February 21st of this year. And if the Supreme Court gets rid of this, that means social media platforms can be potentially legally liable for the content people put on these platforms. It ain't just YouTube. It's all of them. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them. So you upload some crazy stuff like your man. Um, where he go? Uncle, uncle, you upload some crazy stuff like this dude right here. And you go out there and do some stuff in real life or you inspire somebody to do some stuff in real life, YouTube could potentially be sued. Right now, they're protected from lawsuits because of Section 230. All right? But if the Supreme, because the, the, the Supreme Court might potentially overrule it because of this couple right here, their daughter was killed in that terrorist attack in Paris, France back in 2015. And they're saying that Somebody was uploading terrorist videos to YouTube and inspired them people to become terrorists. And her daughter became was one of the victims and now is going in front of the Supreme Court. And they might make a ruling on this come February 21st. If they get rid of it, that means uh, YouTube will be a listed as a publisher and they could be legally held liable for the crap that people upload to these sites. So if that's the case. YouTube might start clipping channels that are potentially controversial that can open them up to lawsuits. <laughs> so I'm saying you ain't here talking about some some uh, catch a flight, uh, doxing people and 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 just some straight ignorant nigga shit. You might have to go get you a real job, B. You might have to go learn uh, tech from Tech G and get you a real job out in the streets. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's what's going on. You know what I mean, that's what's going on. You know what I mean? That's possibly what's going on. Anyways, I'm about to chuck deuces, man. It's been fun yapping with y'all. I highly doubt anybody's going to take my video serious. But, you know, we'll find out come next week how serious people take take this these warnings. If, uh, you know what I'm saying, you start seeing, like I said earlier, you start seeing niggas making fitness channels out the blue. You start seeing niggas out here working on cars and changing tires out the blue or reading books to kids. You don't know what's up. <laughs> it's reading time with the angry man. Come on, boys and girls. Sit on Uncle Angry's lap and let's read a book about Curious George. Y'all niggas gonna know what's up, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm saying. If niggas miraculously create new channels you know, teaching you how to get in shape and shit, you'll be like, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. What's going on here, Negro? <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm about to chuck deuces. Y'all be easy. I'm out. Peace.